Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Canon Thinks Podcast. Today, I have two special guests on, my friend David, who I do the movie reviews with, and then also my new friend Abby, who I met on a podcast guest exchange shop Reddit. And we decided to spend today's episode to talk about talk shows and how they are being corrupted by political agendas and and also the fact is that I just don't think they're very funny anymore. I think the talk shows were much better years and years ago when they weren't focusing so much on specifically Donald Trump, but also just the general political spectrum right now. So welcome on to the show, you guys. And Abby, just, just to start off the show, what are talk shows like in different countries? Because I know that you were, grew up in India, in French India, and then you also have lived in five other countries, and now you currently reside in the Netherlands. America is the only country in which I've seen successful talk shows. There are talk shows in you know, all the but not quite as successful as the American ones. People all over the world watch the local news or the local talk shows and then follow the American talk shows. So everyone in the world receives information or receives news through talk shows. So, uh, the, the, so I've... Uh, I, I don't have a very strong experience in uh, watching too much of European talk shows because uh, European shows tend to be very fucking boring. Even Europeans admit it. Yeah, I believe that Spain has a lot of like it's this this trend with like late night shows and talk shows is growing in Spain, uh, but it is mimicking America. It's like using the same type of patterns or even copying the successful late night shows from America. Some of them are growing more than others but definitely all follow the traditional late night show pattern established by america uh they can be more funny or less funny more informative or less informative but overall you can tell that they are basing off their their podcast or i mean their their talk show of the the american um trend and you said that a lot of people get their news directly from talk shows but i'm not sure how true that is necessarily. I mean, I'm sure that there are lots of people who exclusively watch yeah. talk shows to get their information, but we still have a lot of big news networks that a lot of people still subscribe to as well. I mean, like That's CNN true. and stuff. But it is true. It is true. People do get uh, news from CNN. And uh, it, we do have our fair share of fake news organizations, but the thing about talk show is that like, it tends to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It tends, uh, it tends to be funny at certain right. points. It's uh, so uh, the issue I want I want to speak about is that it's just like uh, making the kid eat <laughs> vegetables, like showing the airplane. The airplane yeah. is the comedy, and the vegetable is the extreme left opinion. Like and and that gets force fed into you again and again and again. And I'm seeing a pattern in which people lose credibility in these shows. So you're just doing it for the uh, the people who you already have won. I think in a way we could say that maybe talk shows make the news more accessible to the public, especially certain topics, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly mm-hmm. easier to listen to than regular news. They try to use comedy for that purpose, right? To make, through comedy, they try to make those news more accessible. Because yeah, CNN and Fox News, they can be kind of boring, right? They're, this is like straight up news. It's very raw. Um, I still opinionated though. CNN is from one side, Fox is more from the other side, right? And then with talk shows, I do feel like what he was saying, it is true that 
I see that talk shows and late night shows are more usually left wing. I don't, I don't, I can come up with one that I feel like it's right wing, you know? I mean, which Fox is something and interesting. <laughs> That's about it. Is that, is that a talk? I don't know. I've never no, seen no, it. No, it's, like it's like an early morning show. I don't know. That's yeah, true. but you're right because they all tend to lean left. But even in Spain, even the late night shows in Spain that mimic American late night shows and talk shows, they're also very, very much left wing. I cannot think of one that is a late night show in Spain or here really that is kind of like right wing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, my issue is that like it shouldn't be left wing or right wing. If you are running a comedy show, Correct. it should be about comedy. If you if you if you run a news show, then run a news show. All right, you're running a comedy news show. So what you're saying is that you're going to be making fun of the current world events. The current yeah, news. to your point, because if you Why go on like YouTube or I don't know, because like most late night shows are kind of transitioning to YouTube, but just in general, most late night talk shows or just talk shows in general, most of their content has directly to do with making fun of Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. And another thing I really want to say to the, I mean, I'm uh, I'm not certain how many talk show hosts are going to be listening to this podcast, but if anyone is listening, I will say this too. The, the very fact that like you won't stop sucking Donald Trump's dick is the reason why he's so successful. He lives on yeah. those. Do you understand that? Like he understands that pu- there's nothing called as a positive publicity or negative publicity. Publicity That's is publicity. True. And he rides on that. And the he irony got- is that like, he used that in his campaign, right? He was, this is from early on before he was elected, that he was aware of this publicity thing. And then I remembered a lot of like talk shows and late night shows being like, oh, we shouldn't talk so much about Donald Trump because we're giving him publicity and that's what he wants. And they knew it. And then they still fell for it. And to this day, they still do, you know, they still serve that purpose of just talking and talking and talking about Donald Trump. They can get away, like they cannot stop it. Yeah. And it is really hard to do because, well, he's the president now. But yeah, there's that it's... old saying of any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Really serving his purpose. Yeah. And what's crazy too is it seems like, I mean, obviously he's doing a lot of crazy things and things that you shouldn't do when you're a president. But it almost seems like he just does it so much that it's like he's doing it just to feed these kind of content creators. Yeah, true, man. Like, uh, you know, people say that like Donald Trump caused millions of job losses and stuff. But look at the number of jobs he has created for <laughs> comedy writers. Yeah. Like, sure. Yes, given the, he has given us a shit ton of content. Yeah, especially like, these sure. like, because I mean, they don't even have to come up with good content. All they have to do is just rant about Donald Trump for like 30 minutes and then they're done. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, what really surprised me is that like, you know, but... Like, I'm from India, like, we are used to this much of craziness. And uh, we look up at America as, like, this magical place where uh, unicorns exist and you eat candies for breakfast. This is the idea we have back home uh, in Africa, in India. Wherever we, we went, wherever I went, most, many I met uh, were always interested towards America. Not, not because uh, of the American politics or anything, but because of the idea that you don't need to be someone to achieve in America. That's the American yeah, dream. Yeah, David could speak to that a little bit because I know you used to always idolize America. Yeah, I mean, I still do to an extent. I really think America has a lot of um, positives. 
And one of those positives I really think is like the, the freedom of of a speech and press, right? Speech. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's really amazing, man. Like you have no idea how much a freedom of speech gets the oh, yeah. censored. Even in even in Spain nowadays, yeah. whoever is in government, you can tell that they also control the TVs. And then if you see if you watch TV, you can see how like they're being very keen to the government, you know. So so it's very obvious how how uh, manipulative it can be. But in the U.S., I feel like. Yes, there's like, you know, Trump will blame the media and say that they're all fake news and put them all in like the same bag. But there's also Fox, right? There's also, you still have like very powerful media that are right wing. But it is true that we're going back to talk shows, I really think that ironically, they are all very much left wing, you know, now that I think of it. And it does get old for me. It gets old when they, when all they do is talk about Trump. Yeah. Yes, he's the president, but but you, the the one the one talk show which I honestly uh, love, I mean, I do uh, the talk show hosts. Uh, I like two talk show hosts, but unlike Jimmy Kimmel and John Oliver, the one show which uh, I believe uh, this is my my humble opinion uh, has been true from the beginning to the last is John Oliver's mm-hmm. The Tonight Show, like uh, he. Although he is also left, I don't see him like leaning extremely. Like I see him more as a moderate rather than as an as an extreme guy. I really think he's um, he's very much left wing, but the way his show is structured, he I feel like the writers really try hard to throw at you facts with comedy, and to try those mm-hmm. facts to try to make it so that is as unbiased. You know, as possible, they try to to stay away from being super biased towards the left, which they I appreciate. Also, they also give you a lot of sourcing, like sources on everything that they're talking about, and they yep. go into subjects that aren't specifically. Because I mean, he does talk about Trump a lot in his show, but usually yeah. he'll have one main focus on, like, okay, today we're going to talk about gerrymandering, or today we're going to talk about this other thing, but exactly. it's not like, oh, we're just going to rant about what donald trump this did this week because that's what exactly what shows like trevor noah does and some of these other late night shows yeah no uh and and look for instance okay let me talk about the other shows all right in my opinion uh the colbert report stephen colbert was funny when stewart was stewart and uh john stewart and uh colbert were, Mm. were working together and then stewart went to being the most funniest one after uh, John Stewart left left the show, now Colbert is doing well again. So then, it, so it becomes uh, more of a you know I'm doing better than you now I'm good. So it's it's I do not know <laughs> like Colbert reported somewhere in the middle. Like I don't care enough to talk about. I would talk say I mean I used to watch it a little bit and I kind of watched a little bit more just preparing for this. I think Colbert report his monologues are kind of terrible. And he shouldn't do them. But his interviews are actually really, really good. And he yeah. had this interview a while ago mm. where he brought Ted Cruz on. And Ted Cruz said something kind of dumb. And the audience started doing him. But then um, Stephen Colbert, like, shushed the audience. He was like, hey, guys, this is my guest. Please be respectful. And that was really cool. Like, he does have really good discussions with guests. Because there are other talk show hosts when they bring us where they don't really add anything to this, the discussion specifically Jimmy Fallon. He'll just kind of laugh at everything they say. Yeah, he, he, he laughs at anything and yeah. everything. And does he not understand that, like, the whole world...
I think you kind of cut out oh. right there. Yeah, you cut out a little. What were you saying? All right. Like, I wanted to say that, like, you know, Jimmy Fallon needs to understand that the the whole world, at least 90% of the people I've met, consider him as a lunatic. <laughs> like, it's, it's, no, it's no use watching a show, man. Like, he would laugh at anything and everything, and uh, he, uh, he would come up with uh, speeches, like, that is extremely reversed to a point that it, it is yeah. forced. He doesn't sound genuine whatsoever. I really think that... Jimmy yeah, Fallon exactly. is one of the ones that sounds the least genuine. It, every every interviewer that he brings, it sounds. I mean, it is marketing, right? You these talk shows when they bring guests, a lot of the time is to market the movie. But yeah. with Jimmy Fallon, or a book, yeah, or whatever or books, they're doing, whatever their work is, right? But with Jimmy Fallon, it really yeah. seems like he um, sucks their dick a little. Whoever <laughs> comes, you know. Well, I actually think if you look back at his old SNL stuff. He's kind of he's kind of like a dumb blonde. Like he just he's kind of dumb. Mm. He'll just laugh at everything. Mm. Even back in his old days, he would laugh at everything. He just kind of yeah. finds everything funny. I think his laugh is genuine. I think it's just kind of dumb. Oh. <laughs> and it hurts the show. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because other ones. Yeah, I mean, Colbert brings guests, and yeah, they talk about their work. Um, but he's not just. I mean, he doesn't just. Um, say positive things all the time you know like oh i love you so much so much you know he doesn't just like um sugarcoat the guests so much but but they they talk about the work and it seems more serious definitely than jimmy fallon jimmy fallon seems like uh, i don't know he never seemed as genuine to me and i like some of the interviews just because of i like the guests that he brings not so yeah, much he always has I the like best him. guests on but yeah he doesn't use them very well for sure so what do you like about jimmy kimball Uh, like you know, he, uh, something about him. He's a honest, down-to-earth person. Like there's a genuine jokes. Uh, there's heart. Like I do not know how to explain heart. Hmm. You know, something you feel. Hmm. I I like that he has. I mean, his show. He's he's really involved with other things outside of his show. Like. You know, he hosted the Academy Awards once, or didn't he? Or like he he hosts like other things. I think so. So, so when he hosted the Academy Awards, that gave his show an extra layer of things to to you know talk about. And then that's when he had like that beef with Matt Damon. And um, I really think his show is it's a a little bit more than just a talk show or interviews, but because he also gets involved outside of his show with things like. You know, hosting um, award shows, I think that that brings a lot more content to his to the to the I, show. I, I like Jimmy Kimmel because he doesn't focus on politics at all. He'll bring on guests and they never talk about politics. It's always talking about yeah. other things. I also like him because he'll bring on sports stars mm -hmm. like basketball players, which I like. And he kind of just goes on there to have a fun time. Like when guests yeah. go on there, you know that it's going to be at least a pretty good show. And it's not going to be about politics. Yeah. And they'll just kind of goof off. The one thing that I don't like about his show is the Halloween candy skit where they'll like have parents take away candy from their kids and like traumatize <laughs> them for views. <laughs> I am not a fan of that. But yeah, everything else is like good. That. I remember this, yeah. Um, okay, so what do you guys think about uh, Conan? Are you guys a fan of him at all? Conan, like he's funny, man. Like he's honestly funny. Like uh, he stays true, true to his character. He goes, 
out of his way to make people laugh. He honestly is funny. About Conan, I, I don't have a that a strong of an opinion. I honestly haven't followed him as much. I've seen interviews with him, and yeah, they, they tend to be funny, and they, um, I do think they are more genuine, definitely, than Fallon's. By he far. does a really good job. You can tell that he really cares about being funny, and a lot of his skits and jokes are making fun of himself, like he is the prop rather yeah. than making fun of other people. I think he always joke about how he's kind of like exactly like Irish or something like that. Like he always kind of jokes yeah. about things like that. Yeah, and yeah. like he has I think this one really skit good. where he is like a Dom Starks worker, and it's pretty funny. And it's just nice <laughs> seeing that. I guess a famous person is willing to just make fun of themselves rather than just roasting. A, another person like Donald Trump yeah. is to most people. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I think we've so pretty much covered most shows. Oh, okay. So we have two more. Um, do you guys watch any Seth Meyers show? I rarely watch him if Larry David is present. <laughs> yeah, Larry David's the best. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really watch it much, but he's like. He's, I mean, he's in like the top 10 for views of late night shows. Yo, man, that's just, just like 10 shows, man. So if you're in top 10, like that's, that's true. That's all that is. Well, but then you also have like the bottom feeder who is my least favorite person, which is James Corden. Yeah. With. Ah, uh, yeah. I've heard that like uh, that guy's uh, such yeah. a big tool. Going back to Seth. Is, is, is it a good word Going to back to Seth before we move on. Okay. I think that Seth brings in movie stars that are not as big, and I like that. I don't watch him as often, but when he brings on like a star that is like, it's usually movie stars that are beginning or they don't have as big of a trajectory. Like, I don't know. I'm sure he'll also bring like Tom Cruise and things like that. But, but I feel like he brings sometimes the smaller stars, and I like that. Since you're a big buff, you like when they, they interview, I guess, actors who wouldn't get on the big late night shows. Yeah, I remember him bringing. Who did he like, bring on? What was it? I remember. I remember thinking that like a while ago that he would bring, or like he brings them early on in their careers, and then they they get bigger, and then they go to Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Which, which, but but they, I do think that he's the one that brings them like earlier on when they're still like not super big. That's like the impression that I get with with from his show. Um, and I kind of like that, but it is true that I don't know. To me, doesn't he doesn't seem to be as big, for sure. But, well, and I mean, there's just not enough time on the air for you know you can't have because I think his show is like really late, like nine or ten. So yeah, usually that's, those that's later spots true. aren't going to get you as much viewers either. That's true. Um, but yeah, we he also he also does talk about Trump, you know, and a little bit of politics, but. I don't think he is that that bad at that. I don't know. But yeah, and you were you wanted to move into your your favorite. <laughs> yeah, my favorite. Well, I was just gonna say about James Corden that the one thing I think that carpool karaoke was definitely a good kind of springboard for him and become more and more mm -hmm. popular. But at this point, when you watch it, he's kind of unbearable to me at least. Like he's just not very funny in those carpool karaoke's anymore. His show yeah. is, his show is, it's, it's unique and it's got different things that it's kind of got like a little bit of an extra flair to it that I'm interesting, but I swear this dude, he'll sell anything. He'll sell, he'll sell his dignity for a paycheck because he does every commercial you ever saw. 
He'll do any crappy movie, like the Emoji movie. I mean, he doesn't care about anything besides money. Yeah. But I've heard that like he's uh, is is a tool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if tool is not the right word, uh, then dick. Yeah, I think <laughs> that of... he definitely got the... he he definitely has that head of the carpool karaoke things, um, and he really milks that, and it's good. But then outside of that, yeah, his show is kind of unbearable. Even though he he brings in really famous people too. Sometimes, like at the same time, he has like multiple like, guests from different backgrounds. But you yeah, man, like all all his guests, all his guests are like hip hop stars, man. They are yeah. international stars. They, uh, I mean, on a good day, if James Corden alone did any shows, he's going to put up uh, on yeah. a good day. He's going to put up five million or ten million views. Those guys make uh, hun- uh, uh, millions yeah. and hundreds. I mean, and it's kind of amazing. So- the fact that uh, late night talk shows still even exist because the amount of viewers that they're getting for the amount of money that they would have to pay to like get all this running is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and with him, I I think that like I don't know if you guys remember, but something really interesting happened in his show that he missed. He I don't know if he got sick or something or something happened to him, but for a few episodes he was not there, and they had like substitutes as the host yeah he had his uh wife yeah pregnant or something, or something like pregnant. that so he so couldn't we... he couldn't be in the show and one of his um substitutes as the host was um this yeah he was this, a famous guy, singer right? from he used to be in one direction um harry styles uh, yeah yeah i remember and you know, yeah, watched yeah, that whole thing yeah, he... yeah when he was the host that episode was more successful <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean, think so. I think it's just part of it is because uh, so many people are fanatics of Harry Styles and One Direction probably, that, that yeah, was but... kind of bound to happen. But he also did a really good job. Like he was really yeah. funny in that episode. Yeah, I think I think it was like really show. really. I, I think it was genuinely really funny, and I think it was like better than. <laughs> and I I think he did a better job as a host. Although I would say it's probably easier to just do one show than it is to do like I bet, a show I bet. every week or every day, yeah. but. Still, I mean, to pull off a good show after having never done a late night show before, very impressive. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about why talk shows aren't be funny anymore. Because I think that talk shows used to be really, really good, and a lot more people were behind them. Yeah, true. But what what happened? Why do talk shows they're just not very funny anymore? Because right now, you know, they are not uh, looking to make any new. Any, any more new audiences they're just uh, writing jokes for the ones they already have like it used to be about comedy it used to be about making people laugh now it's just uh making sure you say the right thing for the right people you know yeah, That's right. definitely well especially because a lot of these talk shows they have kind of the bubble of fans that follow them and they're expecting certain yeah. um like left-leaning content or whatever that they're uh, expecting and when you bring on guests who aren't with like the program, I guess, aren't with like your normal thing, people don't really like that. Like people, it's weird. It's just like this big bubble that they tend to have around themselves. Yeah, it really feels like they're just trying to please their established audience, other than get outside of the yeah. of their comfort zone or the side of the box. Which you yeah. would think that they would try harder to expand their viewership and everything, because I mean, if you're only getting like a million and a half viewers. For an airing, 
You could definitely do better than that. Like if Joe Rogan's uh, podcast uh, is considered as a talk show, I would call that as the best interviews ever, man. Like, you know, people are so relaxed. Like, mm-hmm. and even when uh, fucked up people show up, like Alex Jones or Elon Musk, like he makes sure that they smoke <laughs> weed and say some stupid shit. So, you know, those are like <laughs> epic, man. Do you, get, do you watch uh, Joe, uh, Joe Rogan? Yeah, I love Joe Rogan. And I really love the fact that he'll bring on a really left-wing guest, and then the next week, a really right-wing and guest. And also right-wing, yeah, next Jones. Yeah. Goddamn. I think that's yeah. very important. That really shows that, you know, you're, you're not just conforming with one ideology. You're just trying to, to bring... I think that's the yeah. best thing you can do, at least at, in this time. Yeah. He's brought on <laughs> Alex Jones like four or five times already, I think. And they're always like three and a half hour long episodes. Oh, they're hilarious. Wow. They're some of my favorite yeah. Joe Rogans. Even though I'm, I obviously am not a fan of Alex Jones at all, he's funny. I will admit that. Mm-hmm. I, also, I do think it's really important, and I wish that more late night shows would do this, or just talk shows in general, is trying to talk about ideas rather than talking about um, like events. So that's kind of what Joe Rogan does, is he'll bring on like a really... I don't know, socially conscious left-wing guest. And then they'll talk about how they believe in all like these feminist causes or whatever. And Joe Rogan will, he'll, he'll kind of just get them going on it. And he won't say whether he agrees or disagrees, but he'll just, he'll, it is the audience to hear new ideas and hear new perspectives. And that's definitely missing from a lot of these talk shows. Oh yeah. So we were talking a little earlier just about how talk shows lead political thought. Can you tell us a little bit about what you were meaning with that? The impact like, they have or how they influence political thought. Yeah. yeah no, like, for, for, by giving too much importance to uh, one guy, you're just making him more popular. You know? And uh, like it comes to a point like you are going after the wrong things. Like, for instance, let, let me take this uh, pussy-grabbing uh, speech of Donald Trump. He, it is honestly a really cringy thing to say. But honestly, honestly, think of all your guy friends and then answer. Don't you know at least one guy would, who would say that? I do. That's exactly why Donald Trump wins. You know, you always go after the wrong things. You call yourself a comedy show. Why don't you just do comedy? Like if you, okay, doing a comedy uh, news show on the national politics of America, at least do uh, uh, a wide show. It's not just Donald Trump, you know, like there's a whole gang behind him. Since you give so much importance to Donald Trump, you completely ignore about uh, Nancy Pelosi or... uh, What's the guy who looks like a turtle? What's <laughs> looks like a turtle? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, like um, he's a president of the Congress or something. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know who who he means? Can like, yeah, Mitch McConnell. He just yeah. He's oh, Mitch McConnell. Oh, yeah, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, yeah. yeah he kind of looks like a turtle without a shell. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, those are the guys who make the actual law happen you know like they presidents can pass bills but those are the guys who can make a bill to a law since these talk shows concentrate so much on donald j trump they miss the actual targets 
Yeah, because I mean, he does do a lot of executive orders and things, but it's not like he's the one that's really coming up with a lot of this. He's got a big team behind him. Yeah, and, and you I know how think... much it would hurt his ego if instead of saying talking about Trump, you just ignored him. Oh, if we didn't pay attention to his tweets. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. We need to like we just give him Trump no like credits. Eric Cartman, man. Like yeah, and and I do think that that's something the probably the Republican Party is using now. Like the fact that they like I think that it is in their best interest to keep Donald Trump there, yes, as a as a shield, right? Like every you know that everyone's gonna go after Trump and forget about everything else, right? So I think it's like a good, like it's a good figure to have as um, just to draw the attention of the media and the public, and then they can do whatever they want in the shadows, kind of thing. That's exactly what that's exactly what is happening, man. Like you know, he's just a big yep. smokescreen, and he loves being the smokescreen. He loves being the talk uh, talk of every every goddamn thing. That's right. Because he's a celebrity, after all. So of course he loves the attention. Of course he loves to be the smokescreen. Yeah. So it, it works perfectly both ways. So you need to treat uh, treat Donald Trump like you know uh, uh, in in that one episode in South Park. Uh, everyone would treat Cartman like uh, pretend that he doesn't <laughs> exist anymore, so that Cartman he would actually change his ways. Like uh, so, it, it, that's that's what you should do. Like completely mm -hmm. ignore him. Like. <laughs> And there's also a lot of international politics that they could talk about, but they just never do. Yeah, true. Because, I mean, there's a lot of shit going on in Brazil right now that you could definitely... I think you could definitely make fun of things that are going on across the world. But no, all they care about is like what's going mm -hmm. on in D.C. But the truth is, there are so many other local events and politics that you could even go about just in America. And, like, we have problems that, I mean... Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water, and it's been like four years, and nobody talks about that anymore. True. Like, for instance, uh, you know, uh, let's, uh, if you want to talk about problems, if you take Europe, in uh, Spain, uh, in Catalonia, uh, Catalonia, there is a freedom movement that's been going on for a time now, and it has always resulted in um, heavy clashes and uh, injuries and if you move a bit further and you come to the greek border right now you have another wave of uh, refugee crisis and if you move a bit uh, further down you st uh, you have the turkish forces that is uh, hitting back hard at the kurdish kurdish forces and in israel and palestine like uh, the idf is continuing the expansion of the state of Israel. And if you come down, India has shut down internet to almost 40 million people. Like, it, the streets are... This is not about the corona. This is about uh, seizing a state which was uh, extreme, which had a really uh, high majority of Muslim population, and they had differential views. So, in the Indian government, passed a bill and immediately into a law to apprehend the state forcefully. No one is no one is given internet to speak their mind. No one is allowed communication. You find cops on every street. You're not allowed to leave the house. You can eat what the government provides you. You can speak what the government allows you to speak. And then if you go a bit further, in China and in Hong Kong, the protests are still going on. And if you come to Africa in uh, the eastern part, locusts 
are back again this times 20 times larger so if they eat all the crops in east africa and south africa where they are located right now which is the powerhouses of the whole african continent imagine what's going to happen but none of this is important because you're too concerned about donald j trump yeah because i didn't even That's know right. half the things you were talking about it would be really cool if if some of these talk shows would talk a little bit more about some of these international issues because all it takes is giving it, when you when americans actually focus on something international and are trying to help other people that's when change can really come about like if america actually backed hong kong i know that would probably start a war but if you just said like hey we agree with this like we don't believe that you should be sending people like they're doing in india or forcing people to not have internet or whatever like if we just kind of put some of our brain power into that and said we want you guys to have the rights that we have then i think the world would see much more change for the better yeah so i guess we could talk a little bit about the daily show i <clears throat> i hadn't really watched much of it before when we talked before but i watched more of it yeah but like i i, I want to talk about it like you know uh, uh as i said like as a comedian i look up to trevor noah like he's one of my inspirations and uh after watching the daily show like i started uh, to hate him a bit like it was too uh, too left at a point like it was so fucking stupid like i i want to take two episodes here for as a okay. as an example one episode is about um the la- uh, the last game of the final game of serena williams she got defeated by a, a japanese master uh, 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 she was japanese american uh it was serena's last game and uh, she got defeated she shouted the she sped at the at the referee i guess like do you know do you know the guy who controls the game in tennis what's he called the referee <laughs> all right she sped at the referee and the referee gave her a, a penalty uh then again she lost the match and then Trevor was defending her hmm. which i found that like you know why would you do that because you have a black audience that you need to satisfy to so you you did not consider about the sports ethics like she she's a legend i i love serena williams but the way she quit the game was purely disgraceful yeah like she took the shine away from the japanese even though she uh, she won she didn't have a winner's face she won against fucking serena williams and not only did she win she, she won 6-2 and 6-4 so like she crushed serena yeah but he was defending her like what the hell like do you have value there and he was like content game and i don't find it funny at all like it was obvious that he was uh, trying to uh, speak for serena which uh, i found completely ridiculous and the another episode i want to speak about is um uh, is the episode that where he uh, replies to the french uh, ambassador in in america like where uh, the french ambassador wrote him a letter all right i'm french all right i'm i'm from one of the past colonies like i'm brown but i have a european nationality so i'm ex colonial but still i uh, i love being french 
but that's because like i do not feel any animosity towards the french because the french were more of a change of government towards us rather than with african countries but even being said and done the triple f the federation football française formed a very successful organization that uh, gave these immigrant kids a chance in life like it does not matter where you're from if you want to play football you can play football we'll coach you and we'll provide you with the nutrition so in, through this efforts through the triple f's efforts there were almost uh, i think 80 players from different part and they're from different countries in the world cup like all of them from uh, from the same organization the same federation that raised them and built them so the french ambassador felt the need to explain to him hi trevor i saw your episode and you said that uh, africa won the world cup uh, those are french players what he meant is that it uh, it, it was a french organization which aided them in winning the world cup but still the way trevor responded in national television and youtube is international that episode is on youtube in a way that uh, antagonizes the ambassador's thought which again is ridiculous like what did trevor say he, he i mean uh, he said something along the line this is the thing about uh, america like uh, i mean he was talking talking in favor of america blacks like you can be african american in america but in france you need to be french that's not the case but th- that is a french way of uh, colonizing and i'm not saying that that's necessarily good what i'm saying is that like it's the triple f that offered players from all over the world a chance i'm not saying that that doesn't make them not african of course it uh, the french squad uh, mostly was made of africans and everyone in the world is happy like everyone can celebrate it and one thing about what you're talking about with serena is just um i think even for the black community as a whole when somebody does something like what serena did at the end of that um us open you you shouldn't be defending her for those actions you should just she... talk i i don't see why that needs to become a racist or like why you need to defend the black community if anything you should be talking about you should be proud of the person who won that match especially because she is japanese american and you can talk about you know, you know how what's... great it is that there are people from other ethnicities who are also doing great things in america yeah you know what the most beautiful thing about the game was both of them were american and both of them were native and both of them were in white as well so that's the most beautiful thing about the game uh, you can uh, you could have uh, celebrated the sportsmanship but it went to a racial place again why Yeah, I think that's a very American thing though. Really lately where it's just race has become much more of a like it's much more tense nowadays. Yeah, that's uh, that's fucking stupid, man. Like uh, that's the same shit that's happening in India. Like in uh, the late in the, in the mid 2000s like we were really fucking hopeful. We are really fucking hopeful that in 2020 we are becoming a developed nation. We are moving forward. but i don't know what the fuck happened uh we are in the same shit we were uh, 500 years back 
So what else don't you like about Trevor Noah's show versus what Jon Stewart used to do? When Jon Stewart I used to do, it was about, you know, uh, being funny and putting up a good show, uh, good comedy show. Right now, like the new guy who came to the show was a young gay kid. As usual, he's a colored kid. Like, I, I feel that like the, net, the next perfect uh, comedian for that show, Latina gender. So, yeah, uh, it, it's not about comedy or putting a good show anymore. Like, when Jon Stewart was there, I believe uh, Roy Wood Jr. was the third funniest comedian. But right now, I guess he's the most funniest comedian. So that, that shows how much of things change. Well, I think having representation in the media is definitely important, regardless of what backstory you come from or anything. But there is a key of you still need to do a good job and you need to be funny. Because yeah. a, a new person just got a late night show. Lily yeah, that's what, that sucked balls, man. Like, you know. Uh, yeah. <sighs> like, and uh, she also. Have you watched that at all, David? What? I haven't yet. No, I, okay. I just, I, but I've heard the feedback. Okay. Well, she's a minority <laughs> either way. I, I definitely think it's good for America to have like a, a late night host that is a minority because all the rest of them are basically just white dudes. But and, her, her introduction show right. is horrible. Like it's not funny. And all she does is talk about race when it's going to be kind of tough oh, to like, be funny when you're only talking about one subject. It's kind of like yeah, the Amy yeah. Schumer effect. Yeah, she started uh, her uh, episodes with saying, I'm a colored woman who's a bi. I'm a colored woman who's a bi. Like, after 10 times or 20 times or 30 times or 50 times, you get fucking bored of it. Yeah, because here's the caveat. There's like a caveat. You, you can, it's, it's okay that you are, that, you know, you consider yourself a minority and that you're proud of that. But here's the thing, when you're using that, like, so much like over overusing it or you cannot rely on that just to save your content your content still needs to be to be good you cannot just rely on on being a minority or being um consider yeah, any of this that's the thing yeah that's how i feel like uh, right now the daily show is leaning to it like uh, i i honestly believe the next perfect candidate is a latina transgender <laughs> Yeah, you I mean, it probably would be. I, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. And if anything, I think it's a good thing. But I do think you still got to be funny. Yeah. And if all you're going to do is focus on your, um, your problem, not your problems, but like the things that put you at a, dis at a disadvantage for most of your life. So like if all of your jokes are just based off of um, your race or the fact that you're a woman or some of those kind of subjects, you're not going to be very funny. You have to joke about, I don't know, like another, most comedians, to be funny, you have to go over a full range of things. You have to talk about funny stories. You have to yeah. talk about um, funny people you've met, like things like that. You can't just talk about, oh, well, I'm like, imagine how funny, it would, how bad it would be if a comedian only talked about, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a white man. And then they just talked mm -hmm. about, like, they made jokes about that. You'd be yeah. like, okay, well, what else yeah. do you got? I'm bored. And here's another thing with comedy. And I don't know if you guys will agree, but I believe that, like, some of the best comedy leaves in the trenches. It leaves, you know, at the border of the crossing that line of what's, what, what's beginning to be a little, like, not politically correct, you know? You need to uh, sometimes cross that line, test the waters, and see how far you can go. And that's where, like, some of the best comedy leaves, I believe. So if you Definitely. if you are super politically correct and you're never willing to cross that politically 
correct line and it just be your comedy is just not going to be well that's kind of what, what's hard about the modern era of comedy is that if you do cross the line you will get called out and canceled yeah that's true that's fucked up man like yeah that's natural yeah up. i, I mean that, i do that think kills that comedy, there's honestly. you got to be tasteful with it when you're crossing the line like you can't just be racist or something mm-hmm. but you can definitely cross the line and still be really really funny and also be a little bit offensive and if people yeah. would just accept comedy for what it should be then that would be fine yeah because i mean after all this is comedy it's not serious you're not like po- putting a political campaign yours is not like a political speech it's a comedy show right so that's that's the thing or that's what it should be if it's a comedy show and not a political speech then you should be able to cross certain lines and you should be able to joke about certain things and to leave that political correctness a little behind but if you are not allowed to do that then i think that's the the death of comedy maybe that's why all these talk shows aren't very funny anymore and why they're not they're all about comedy anymore instead of they're just about politics because politics especially if you're just making fun of Trump, you're never really going to cross that politically correct line because the people who are listening to your show agree with you. It's not like, it's not like there are right wingers who are watching Trevor Noah, you know, like the only people who watch Trevor Noah are left wingers. It should be, if you can't attract people from the other side of the political, political spectrum to your content, then you're not really, you're missing out on a lot of audience. Yeah, You're missing out. Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, think about how many, like, Think about millions of people who literally watch everything Alex Jones does because Alex Jones is the only person <laughs> who they think is talking about the truth, even though what Alex Jones is talking about is insane. They believe it's to be true. Yeah, that's right. I Look, think. Uh, as I already said, like, I lived in six countries. In Malaysia, there are signs blacks are not allowed to enter this building. Blacks are not on, blacks won't be given places. Wait, yeah, really? In 2000. 18 in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, in this period and this age, you can find uh, apartments with uh, signs like this. And there are black population in Malaysia. Uh, Same. And, th- and that's crazy. Yeah. And so I faced real racism in Malaysia. And then I will say this like I was even uh, by a Finnish lady due to racism as well. Even after facing all this, I would say this. The Dutch are one of the most racist people in the whole world. Like, they do so much low-key racist shit. Like, you understand where racism comes from. So, you know, and uh, the reason why I brought up uh, the racism in the Dutch people is because they have a national uh, celebration of blackface. That shit is offensive and oh. as fuck. Shit. I didn't know Holy that. Shit. <laughs> so you know you can talk about these things, but you went after uh, Trudeau, who went for a Halloween party. I mean, that was too much blackface. I do agree. Aladdin was brown, not black. <laughs> okay, so I I get what you mean because you're saying rather than attacking one person for using blackface once, why the hell are we still accepting an entire country to have a holiday that's doing? Yeah, blackface? you need to go after the right things, man. The real things, you know, like. Yeah. On a costume, yeah, part, like on a costume party, it's not like you know he did, did it uh, to offend people. Like he, one thing about Trudeau is that he loves dressing up, and you need to know something about Indians as well. Indians love the fact that he loves to dress up. 
we back home celebrate like there are rumors back home that uh trudeau offers every indian canadian citizenship no questions asked <laughs> that's awesome he's all right man like no he has stolen a lot of natives and uh he's using that land to drill uh oils i mean uh oil oil refinery plants and uh shit is gonna get fucked up for the natives like everywhere in america it's the natives who get fucked the most man you talk about the black people you talk about uh the latinos but you you don't really talk about the natives you know it's it's way worse for them man like they don't have water they don't have schools they 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 literally live in a third world state inside america i mean america is itself a third world country judging by the way you acted for the pandemic <laughs> oh, dang <laughs> yeah i saw a meme talking about that like america is kind of a third world country with a mask of a first world country that hurts <laughs> yeah it sucks well especially cuz there um i saw a picture where in spain they're handing out masks to people yeah, they were but that's like been heavily criticized though because what happens when you do that the mm-hmm. government was trying to like regulate that and and make it so that yeah you're handing because there's like some they're letting some people work especially essential workers and just to try like so the and, and try to get people to work like in waves slowly reincorporate into the workforce uh by waves and by level of um importance of of jobs like if you're like in the hospitals and and transportation and of like food and stuff like that or supermarkets you you need to still work um so that everyone can be fed and all of that so they were doing that but then what happens dude is that some people will go into the subway and will just try to like get more masks and then resell them so you're like you're kind of like uh-huh. in a way favoring a black market of you know masks and but i mean at least the masks are available yeah. for people to have cuz here i mean yeah. you can't even um, get masks in spain still. for like some time when cuz like it took forever to get like it took forever for, for the government to manage to secure a good amount of masks for people so people were doing them at home and now i see that in america like people are doing masks are making masks at home and it really it really gives you a vibe of like a third yeah. world country that like a first world country with like no it really does when you see like a government official um he has a like a video or uh, something on his twitter yeah. it's like take two rubber bands and then wrap them around your t-shirt and then put that on your face I'm like <laughs> whoa 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 you you don't yeah. have a mask for us like this is what you want us to do what yeah. country are we it's, in again it's, it's fascinating what this pandemic is exposing <laughs> like the biggest weaknesses yeah the biggest weaknesses of of like the first world are or like especially yeah capitalistic the most capitalistic countries are being exposed but no but even in spain with like a public uh, healthcare system if you don't have a good administration or a good political uh party running the country that manages to secure that surplus of masks then doesn't matter how good your public healthcare system was before it's still going to take a big toll and you know if your doctors are not wearing the proper protective equipment doesn't matter how well equipped you were before i mean no one was anticipating a pandemic of this scale so then again, you know yeah. uh, i also want to take a shout out may uh, make a shout out for the people out there man because time and time again we've seen many humans rise to the occasion when time calls for it like i'd like to call out the doctors back home who refused double pay during this time they said that uh, this is our duty and we'll do it and i would also like to 
And another friend of mine is uh, stitching masks, N95 masks, and uh, handing over to the doctors for free. So, time and time again, it's the humans who rise up. And I still believe the humans need to be aware more, need to educate themselves more. Like, people say that too idealistic world or this is... Uh, uh, to uh, um, a, a happy place is unachievable, but that's what you're taught. You know, you're taught that it's unachievable. The reality is that you can get that. You can live in a way that respects nature and sustainable development and progress and progression in a in a way that doesn't topple down like this. We can achieve that. We are the most intelligent species in the world. We learned how to build buildings. And, how I do not know how many meters are uh, Abu Dhabi or yeah. uh, uh, the towers in Abu Dhabi or uh, Empire State Building, but we learn that that's who humans are. We have a choice. We have a choice to live life in a beautiful way, respecting the nature and the balance, or we can go back to our shitty way of life, abusing our resources and fucking our own selves up. I just had one more question that I kind of just talk about before we wrap up. Um, what do you think would be, how do you think talk shows could change to become better? Like what kind of changes in the future could they make to become the best possible talk shows that they could be? Me, I think that, uh, talk shows need to be true to more, uh, true to comedy. Just be true to comedy, true to be true to yourself. That's it. Do not make jokes just for certain audiences that have already been tested with that particular audience. Like, if you start giving importance to comedy, like, uh, your show is going to get yeah. automatically better. I believe the, the key point to focus on for comedy shows is um, to try to be a little bit more unbiased. For sure. Try to stay yeah. away as much as possible of, like, the status quo of, like, or criticizing figure like Trump over and over. Try to do, like stay away from being so repetitive uh, but mainly the focusing on being unbiased would be the best thing because looking at what the shows that i think are doing it best those are the shows that are trying to be more factual and use facts and well research um ideas not just opinions and being super subjective and unbiased towards one side or the other sure yeah all right, well, thanks you guys for coming on my episode about the talk shows today. Especially shout out to you, Abby, for just joining us here because it was really nice to meet you and talk to you. Yeah, cheers, man.